Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, your word would penetrate our hearts and lives and minds and illuminate your will, your goodness, your love, that it might shine through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Again, it is our hope that as we journey through Lent, that you will spend time each day reading through the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is not one of the synoptic Gospels. That would be Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Some call John the spiritual Gospel. Some call it the theological Gospel. In John, the focus is not so much just on what Jesus said and did, but especially on the meaning of Jesus. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus calls people to follow him. In John, we hear over and over again not only a call to follow him, but to believe in him and abide in him. And so our hope throughout this Lenten season is that we would indeed have our faith strengthened and our lives with the abiding presence of Christ realized and penetrating our hearts. And so in John's Gospel, the focus is on Jesus as the one who reveals God. And so we contemplate and we spend this journey of the Lenten season asking God to make himself known even through us. And so the gospel begins with these words, in the beginning was the word. For all the Jews who heard this, their minds were immediately transported to the first book of the Bible, Genesis. In the beginning, God created None of the hearers or readers of John's gospel read those opening lines without considering, without thinking about, without their minds being drawn to those original words. In the beginning, God created. There's a beautiful painting. It's called The Starry Night from Vincent van Gogh. Uh, a friend of mine was uh, looking at uh, this picture and, and noticed the absolute uh, radiance of the creation of God in the, in the stars, in the planets, in the sky. And he even noticed as he looked down to this small uh, village that is in the bottom of the painting that there were lights on in many houses. But he also noticed that in the church that is at the center of the image at the bottom, there is no light. This may have been Van Gogh's way of venting his frustration with the church of his day, that perhaps it was a cold building without the light of Christ shining in and through it. 
And so as we move to the Gospel of John and we discover who God is, who Jesus is, and who we are, his light begins to illuminate our lives, our relationships, and our church. This gospel, in the beginning, was the word. Spoken in John in a context where there were not only uh, Jewish uh, uh, believers there, but also uh, Greek, a Gentile uh, people around. John, you know, uh, lived quite a long life, and his life ended in Ephesus. And in Ephesus, there was a lot of, uh, of, of Greek worship, uh, the Greek gods and, and temples all around, and, and the philosophical understandings being developed and shared in a wide variety of ways there in Ephesus. And so when they read, when they hear, in the beginning was the word, in the beginning was the logos, uh, they're not thinking of, of a man, they're thinking of words. They're thinking of, of, of this philosophical thought of the power of the Logos. And it's almost a, well it is in fact, a, a separate God, a separate worship. And so they're thinking, well, okay. On the other hand, uh, the Jews may have been thinking about Genesis and, and re- being reminded that, that Genesis 1-3, uh, we hear these words, and God said... Let there be light. So in fact, God's word, the word, and God said, let there be, actually was the source of creation. And so they may have even been okay with these early words of the gospel, saying, yes, indeed, God creates by the power of his own word. What an amazing thing. But then as we move into the gospel a little further to verse 5 and 6, it says this. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so as we read in the Gospel of John, not only do we need to pay attention to the illusions back to the Old Testament, back to the, the heart of Jewish faith and understanding, uh, which was widely understood by the readers, we also want to be open not just to the literal light and darkness, but to the symbolic light and darkness. And here is a promise for us in those dark times of our lives. The darkness does not overcome it. A word of hope when we feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel. A word of of proclamation that says light scatters darkness. God and his light and his life are more than powerful enough to address the dark issues of our lives and our world. And so therefore we live as people with hope knowing that God's light will come. And then it goes on to say this in verse 7. He, John the Baptist, 
came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. There's a reason for the witness. There's a reason for the proclamation that we will believe, that we will put our trust in the God who creates us and who is the light of the world, that we will put our trust in the light which no darkness can overcome. Sometimes when we're in that dark place, we don't need someone to walk up to us and say, trust in the light. Maybe even what we need more is for someone to simply come and sit with us in the darkness that their light might shine. I don't think there is a more powerful way to share love with someone in a dark place than to simply be with them and listen. It is a powerful witness. The Gospel of John is written for the purpose that those who hear its witness will believe and have life in his name. Listen to uh, this quote uh, from Christianity Today. For too long... We've called unbelievers to invite Jesus into their lives. Jesus doesn't want to be in your life. Your life's a wreck. Jesus calls you into his life. And his life isn't boring or purposeless or static. It's wild and exhilarating and unpredictable. While there's power in knowing that Jesus comes and meets us where we are, there's also incredible power in knowing that Jesus invites us to share his life, to find meaning and truth and understanding there, not here, not in our darkness, but in his light. And I want to suggest to you, by the time we get to verse 14, most of the initial hearers of this gospel are about to encounter great offense. At this point, they're either going to completely reject or actually believe the truth that is being told. And I will tell you also that many Christians today still think if you say to them, who is God the Father, they will say the creator of heaven and earth. And who is Jesus the Son of God? And what they will not necessarily is Jesus is the creator. But these words, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, suggests that Jesus receives the credit for everything meaning Jesus is God. 
not the son of God, not a lesser part of God, not a, a different facet of the diamond that is God, but in fact, Jesus is God. And Hebrews testifies to it in this manner. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in many and various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. In the beginning, God said, let there be, and it was. In these last days, God speaks through Jesus. And those words have no less power to create and recreate than the words at the beginning of, the gospel, of, of Genesis. And so as we listen, as we hear these words, as we believe in the power of God through Jesus to bring light and life into our lives, we recognize that there's power in the word, there's power in Jesus to transform us and to transform the world in which we live. Indeed, the darkness cannot overcome it. He himself, this is speaking now of John the Baptist, was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. We, the church, are told that we are to let our light so shine before others that they may see our good works to glorify our Father who is in heaven. Van Gogh was not alone in seeing the church as dark, empty, irrelevant. But like John, we are called not to be the saviors of the world, but to radiate the truth of God who is indeed the savior of the world. And so as we deepen our faith and journey as we deepen our prayer and surrender to God's work in our lives, as we allow God to give us the Father's eyes so that we can see the world, that we can see in truth and align our lives back to that truth, God's light shines in us. Jesus is and we are the light of the world. Believe it. Now, we are the light of the world only because Jesus is the light of the world. We are the light of the world because Jesus is with us and here in our world. We are the light of the world because we know the truth of the gospel. That God loves us and overcomes sin. That God loves the world and therefore gave his son. And so I want you to think about that question because most of you will easily say, yes, Jesus is the light of the world, but will you also say with the same amount of confidence, I am the light of the world. We are the light of the world. 
it's not because of what we do. It's because when Jesus speaks that truth, he speaks it with the power to create it in our hearts and in our lives. He will indeed shine through us. Allow this Lenten season to be a time of abiding. Allow this Lenten season to give you eyes that see the opportunities God puts before you to come alongside, to be a light that shines, to be a love that embraces, to be an unquenchable hope for a world who needs to know Jesus even through you. Thanks be to God. Amen.